This is Tyler Meacham, and Tyler Meacham's with Tyler Meacham. And I think this room sounds great. Brandon um, is really good about being at van call, but you never think he's going to be there on time because he's like still asleep 10 minutes till. All right. Okay. So now I'm, now I'm embarrassed. Yes. You know me so well, Reese. I don't know how that is. Well, hello, everybody out there in podcast land. I am Reese Williams, and thank you for tuning into This Room Sounds Great. We know you have a lot of options when you are keeping yourself busy, I don't know, curling your hair or stalking your favorite celebrity. And boy, how lucky are we that you chose this podcast for those activities. Today, we get to talk with two of the members of Tyler Meacham. Hello. Hello. Howdy. Although only one is named Tyler Meacham. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so first, I'll let you introduce yourselves, what you do in the band, and then Tyler, after, if you take a moment and tell us who else is in the band. Sure. Who's not here? I know. We couldn't fit them all in here. <laughs> um, well, my name is Tyler Meacham, singer, songwriter. I play guitar, piano. I, I sing all the songs. Pretty much do all, do all the things for the, mu- <laughs> for the music side. And I've got with me Chip Hale. Yep, and uh, I play bass and do co-production, and uh, I'm here to continue to help Tyler do all the things that she does. <laughs> um, not with us tonight is Brandon O'Neill, who plays drums, Nate Hubbard on guitar, and Colleen Chrisman, who also plays many different instruments. That she does. <laughs> she is one of those guests that we love who are in so many endeavors that we say, ah, oh, you just want excuses to come back on the show, and we love it. Right. <laughs> We're grateful for it. So how long have you guys been together in this iteration? And I'm, I'm transitioning from saying, you know, what has the last year been like for you? I'm transitioning finally to, and what does the rest of 2021 look like for you guys? I love that. Um, this iteration of the band, a lot of us have been together for three years I think uh Chip Brandon and I all started playing together um maybe three and a half years ago um and added on Nate and then Colleen is the newest member to join the band um and kind of round everything out so we've been working with this version of the band for the last like seven or eight months on getting new material together and a new set and finishing a record and all sorts of stuff um so we're really excited about 2021 and, and finally able to look forward to something, um, which, you know, there's there's so much going on with, you know, new music and, and starting to put new stuff out and shows finally coming back. And um, it kind of lit a fire under us to like really put a great set of music together that is more than just like a band jamming, but, um, you know, a show and, and something that has like entertainment value for the audience. So um, I'm just excited that we've you know, we've kind of come out on the other side and we're still going. That's incredible. So you not only made best use of any downtime that we may have had, but it got you geared up and fired up so you can hit the ground running. Yeah. Yeah, we we kind of feel the pressure, I think, of coming back after your own break. You, you have to be the, the absolute best version of yourself when you're presenting yourself for the first time again. And uh, obviously we took the time, too, to make a record. So we, we were pretty busy throughout the last year. That's a great point. I've asked a lot of musicians what it's been like reconnecting with um, with venue owners and people who are still doing things. I, I wondered, did their communication continue throughout or did everybody just sort of recede? And then the people who are serious are the cream of the crop right now. They're at the top. But I think everybody's got their hand up. And I'm, I'm sure venue owners and managers and everybody's heads are spinning, you know, that everybody's interested. But what's cool is everyone kept that passion in their back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it really probably weeded out anybody who 
didn't have their heart in it. Yeah, absolutely. Just looking at booking right now and trying to get back on the road because I handle all of, all of our booking. Um, it's so competitive, more so than ever before, just trying to get into places and uh, like you just wouldn't have expected it all of a sudden to just blow up again, but it did. I imagine for some bands, if they have decades or years of experience, this it could be a little frustrating if you felt like you made so much progress. And as you said, it sounds like you're almost starting over. And when you said, you know, you've got to be good to stand out. Um, so hopefully everybody rises to the challenge and, and it's a great opportunity to grow. Yeah. And absolutely. to just kick ass instead of saying, you know, well, I don't have the goods, but just make the goods. Right. That's incredible. Have you guys toured together? Ever gone on the road? Yeah, we we've had a few runs under our belt before COVID hit and we had we had like a whole summer planned um, that got canceled. We've gone up and down the East Coast several times at this point um, and, you know, primarily tour in the in the the states surrounding us. Um, but we were just starting to branch out into the Midwest. Um, it's definitely like my favorite aspect of things, just having a new adventure and being in the van and, and all that. Um we like to do it really kind of scrappy and, and put shows together with artists that um, have a draw in their area and kind of align with us in genre, but also have some sort of diverse representation. Um, that's like something that's really important to me in terms of putting bills together. So when I am booking a tour, like I'm looking up everyone that lives and is playing music in that area and trying to see like, who could we meet that could be like friends, like we could hang out with them and, and put a really good show together for these venues. And um, so, yeah, that's definitely a part of it that, you know, we really, really missed and um, super excited to get back to. That is so smart and incredible because if people don't know your music well enough in those areas, what a better way than to say, here we are. This is what we're doing. <laughs> and right. tell everyone what, what your genre is. I don't think we covered that. Well, that is up for debate as always. But um, <laughs> You're not the only one at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is, uh, it's indie pop with a strong songwriter foundation. It's very catchy to me. So I should tell everybody, you've been on Chaco Sessions before. Uh, you, it was last year. Uh, but obviously now we have the podcast and we have the partnership with Hardywood for the concert series. So, of course, we've got you back. And it's finally nice to sit down and actually chat with you instead of just online banter. Um, so how different will the set be this time? I, I last think, one was so great. I know. I think we've really grown a lot. I, I, what do you think, Chip? What's different? Uh, it's just it's tighter all mm. the way around. Mm. Um we want to create, I would say, live sort of the sound and experience of listening to a record. And so there's a lot more emphasis on tones, the specific sounds that we use in studio. Um, we're, we're really trying to just recreate as best as possible what you would hear on a record in person. Yeah. Um, I think, too, just over the last year, the music that I wrote and that we recorded, um, it feels more... Um, like a defined genre or like we're going for something more specific than the EP I released back in 2019 was like this collection of songs that could be on any range of the spectrum in terms of genre mm -hmm. and which I, I love writing that way. That's kind of, um, I, I don't like being defined by, uh, genre or, or anything of the sort. It's, it's really frustrating to me. Um, but I think if anything, we kind of honed our sound together and, um, definitely, yeah, tighter is a good word for it, but I think just more, um, like unified and, and like just a stronger show all around. And I, I think people underestimate the work that goes into creating the flow of an album and how the songs are put on it. I think 
if you aren't a musician or or because they're doing their job so well you think well of course these songs went together but I don't think people realize how much work has to go into exactly that you can't take a hodgepodge in a collection and just say here are 10 songs we wrote here is an album that it doesn't work that way I think the best albums are ones that um, are a reflection of a certain amount of time you know for an artist and so the last year and even the time before that it it really for this record that's upcoming it's like a group of songs that were written in the roughly around the same amount of time which maybe maybe wasn't necessarily the case with the ep where you were just writing a song a month and those ended up being the ones but um so there is definitely a unified message and but how they're presented it it still is still flexible Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and it's still going to be lovely to listen to. So when you write the songs, do you write the musical parts as well, or you you get the framework and then everybody brings their, their expertise to it? Somewhat. Um, prior to this last year, it was definitely more collaborative. Um, but I think what happened, I mean, we were we were both at home and and we moved, and we ended up building a, a studio in our house that we could use to. I guess we thought we would just do demos, and then we ended up doing a whole record in there. So that happened um what happened for me creatively is I got really into um producing and exploring the realm of writing the parts and and kind of doing it all in the box all you know by myself and with Chip and we would collaborate on parts and um write them together and that was really new for me because prior to that it was pretty much just me and an acoustic guitar or Mm. a piano writing a song and having the ideas in my head but then kind of like you know, conducting to get them out essentially, um, which I still enjoy doing. And and now that we're all back together and the band is back together and we're able to do this with one another safely, um, that's something that'll probably come back into the writing process. But for the stuff that we, we worked on the last year, like it was just, it was primarily me and Chip, like working it all out and, and recording demos and just coming up with ideas. Right on. Yeah. Going back to when you guys have toured, uh, what are people in the band known for when they're touring? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the only person we haven't toured with is Colleen. So we've yet to, we don't we don't know what she, Colleen thinks. She's a mystery. As far she's as a mystery, mm. which um, is great. Yeah, Brand- Brandon um, is really good ab- about being at Van Call, but you never think he's going to be there on time because he's like still asleep ten minutes till, and then he like he'll like magically appear yeah. and like roll up and be like, "Hey, good morning." He, he also has this great knack of of kind of knowing what I'm thinking in terms of like wanting to stop and get food. I just don't ever verbalize it because I, I'm, I'm consistently like the sooner we get to the venue, the better. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a, a pressure I feel consistently on the road, but he's, uh, he's just like, no, we're going to get bagels. Yeah. And then we do. And yeah. I'm like, gosh, I was just thinking that. I, that I learned, great. I learned like on our first tour, <laughs> our first, like, let's try this out tour. Um, I learned to watch Brandon and do what he does like at all times. Cause he's, he's been on the road probably as much as you have and and has you know I, I'm a very hungry person and I get cranky and that's like one of the, the main things oh. like that I had to learn early on is like your food is not always going to come in the form of a meal um you know you know it's a personality trait when the people around you carry little bags of nuts and granola bars without yes. even telling you and all of a sudden they just shove it in your face right. and you're like thank you yeah <laughs> well I mean on that note then I think of Nate and Nate has like the most ridiculous snack choices on the road he will go into a state a gas station like sheets and he'll get like wisconsin fried cheese curds mozzarella cheese sticks and like fried macaroni and cheese okay and this guy is like a a very like small like (laughs) 
skinny dude. And then he'll like wash it down with the sweetest coffee drink Whoa. that you could like a, like a 13 year old girl could have ordered it. So he, he made that mistake once. Usually his drink of choice though is Coca-Cola. That's true. Right. He's right. chugging Coca-Cola the entire yeah. time. So he's got an interesting uh, palate there. Yeah. Ty- Tyler Meacham is looking for sponsors, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, right. for yeah. her tour. Co- Coca-Cola. The, uh, Let me say that again one more time. The Sheets cheese trifecta. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you have to be careful with it. I've done that late at night, and it can end very, <laughs> yeah. very yeah. badly. Yeah. Yes. There, yes. I mean, but the thing is, is you hear stories when it's been successful, and it's nostalgic for people on the road, and you think, oh, yeah, I'm going to jump on board, and it falls flat. Yeah. Uh, what has been some memorable performances for each of you? Ooh, um, the first one that comes to mind, at least from uh, <laughs> shows on the road, we've played Smith's Old Bar in Atlanta twice. Mm-hmm. And the f- first time we played there, the headliner decided to go out on a bird scooter before his set and was, you know, riding around, fell, broke his arm and got a concussion. And he rolled back into the venue a few minutes before set time. And, and I was out of the merch table. I think we had just finished and we had loaded our stuff off stage. And I guess he, he was backstage and he tried to pick up his pedal board and his whole arm just like went noodle, noodle limp. Yeah. And it became very clear that he would not be performing that night. So I'm out of the merch table and the promoter comes out and she's like, hey, I don't know if you know what's going on, but there's an ambulance on the way. And I'm like, what? <laughs> she's like, so a lot of people paid to come to this show tonight. Um, I can send them all home or you guys could keep playing. And we were fully packed up off stage, but we ended up setting back up his keys player. Who's like a savant got up on stage with us and we played everything from um, I'm like a bird by Nelly Furtado to like walk this way. Aerosmith. We were just like throwing covers out Michael Jackson. It was, it was ridiculous. We had such a good time and then we ended up coming back and, you know, we had a thin crowd by the end of that night because it was... And no broken bones right. either, so... Right, right. But there, there was your good luck But charm. the next time we had like a, like a packed house and people that were at that show, I mean, it was memorable for them. And they yeah. came back and we have fans in Atlanta from this crazy story that all started with a bird scooter, which I will never get on one of those, by the way. What do those look like? They're oh, the little electronic, electric scooters. You that, know, you, you, you can whiz around town in. Yeah. So Bolt yeah. and Lime, I think, is the uh, other one. It's one of those. But yeah, he was he was doing some sort of tricks, I think, in the parking lot and <laughs> ate it. it was, so it was, that, was a, that was a fun one for me. I don't know about you, Chip, but that was, for me, if there's ever a road story that comes up, that's the first one that comes to mind. That was, that was such a great one. We've... I feel like a, a lot of the shows we've played pretty much, uh, I think of uh, The Cave. Oh, yeah. Um, with Sunny Miles and... Um, Victoria, Victoria. Vic- yeah. That was such a great night. Um, packed house. Uh, Sunny it's Miles. Also, it's also in a cave. Ooh. It's yeah. a venue that's like, it's the a, ceilings are, you know, I mean, I'm short, but they're probably six inches above Chip's head. And, you know, it's all DIY, like throw all your amps up on stage and yeah. everyone figure it out bartender run sound from stage or oh. from, from, from the bar from the bar Don't uh, you love it it's great it was a great time and sunny had just made barack obama's list of like top songs in 2019 like he was an artist on it i think that yeah was he the was the opener and he was fantastic <laughs> he was, he was i mean the whole night was just great music um but i think anytime we get together there's always something that something great that happens you know radio oh. being in vermont is another good example of how fast can you get on and off stage yeah 
and uh, you end up playing for a bunch of people you never met. It's a great experience, always. That's a lovely thing to be able to say. Mm-hmm. I love hearing that, and you mean it, and you feel it. I can mm-hmm. tell. That's incredible. Now, you guys are part of other endeavors as well, or other people in the band are part of other endeavors. So what is the do do of what other people do? Because everyone's very supportive. <laughs> yeah, everyone's very supportive and very busy. Um, so I think I'm I'm probably the least busy member of the band, which is probably good. Pick up the slack, Tyler. I would say Chip... Chip is probably the busiest member of the band. I don't know. It's tough to argue. We were just talking about Colleen. That's true. Um, she obviously has the, the great project Margot mm-hmm. and then plays guitar in Wine and War Paint, which is also Brandon O'Neill's main project. <laughs> um, but yes, I play with a lot of folks. I think rhythm section members tend to be the most busy. Uh, people are always looking for a great bassist. They and, float. Yes. Yeah. Um, but... Other than Tyler's group, play with Sincerely Iris. It's one of my, yeah, which also we've been on the show. Um, I have a project, Americana rock group called Moose Trap that Nate is also a member of. So it's, <laughs> there's a lot of. Uh, yeah, I've actually played with Moose Trap too. So I guess I'll, I'll have to throw that out there. But yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of. Um, Dosey do we'll use that word. Mm-hmm. I, I could use a different word, but <laughs> it might not be appropriate. Revolving door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you know what's funny is like a lot of us live really close to each other. So it's it's almost like it's a weird music neighborhood where everyone has different rehearsals and different houses on different nights. And yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It's all mixed up. Um, how do you keep connected with, you know, you mentioned that you've got these, these fans in Atlanta who don't get to see you on a regular basis at the moment, but you know, you, you drum it up when you're coming into town. Are you guys good at staying connected with everybody? Do you like social media? I love asking this because some people think it is the bane of their existence. Other people, it comes so naturally. You can see it in their posts. They just bring you into the fold. So how do you guys connect? I always thought I was really bad at social media when I until I had someone tell me that I was good at it and I don't really try like I don't really I don't really care so much about the likes and the I don't know the image aspect of it or the curation um I primarily use Instagram to to keep up with people but my tighter knit communities are actually um the harder ones to find so I stay in touch with people on my email list which I actually would rather call an email friends list than (laughs) like a newsletter. Um, and I have it set up so that anybody from anywhere can like write me back and it's how I like to use it. It's not supposed to be like a, a blurting out of updates and advertising and all this stuff. It's supposed to be like a, a conversation. And so a lot of the people that live all over the place are subscribed to that because we have them sign up at shows. And then the other way, um, probably my favorite corner of the internet is my Patreon page, which there's only a handful of people on. Um, but I use it as a way to show people what I've been working on. So those people have heard the whole record at this point before anybody else Mm -hmm. and have heard mixes and early demos and writing sessions and all sorts of stuff. And they, they're invested. Yeah. They're invested in it. And, and Patreon's a a format that actually, um, is able to fund and support artists through the people that follow them. So, um, yeah, that's, those are probably my most personal connections with people are, are those two things. You like posting it all chip? I'm really terrible about it. I'm not going to lie. Tyler is really, really great when it comes to creating social media content that's engaging. Um, also is not afraid to just post about everyday life. And I think that's, that is such a big part of what brings people back. Um, you know, if we go to a baseball game or we go and get fast food, um, specifically, uh, Taco Bell looking for another sponsor. Uh, well, no, Tyler, Tyler does reviews of, 
or at least post about Taco Bell all the time. <laughs> Not all the time. We <laughs> don't eat it all the time. That's very true. Have you ever been to a Kentaco Hut? No. No, but now <laughs> we need to do that. Yeah, it's a Kentucky Fried Chicken Taco Bell Pizza Hut combo. Oh, I didn't know there was the, the trifecta. The trifecta. I've trifecta. seen the. I've seen mm-hmm. the KFC Taco Bell, but not the. I've heard pizza stories. Hut. I've heard stories. They're elusive and they're rare, but yeah. they're out there. What do you guys listen to? What are your influences? What gets your creative vibes going? Or, or you know, if it's completely different than what you create, what do you like to listen to? Chip. Oh. You can go first. You're, you're gonna let me. You want to think about this one some? I do. Uh, well, um, I am. I I think of things more from the engineering production standpoint. I think often so. Uh, when I when I'm looking for music, I'm usually thinking about who is involved in the making of that. Um, so anything that Blake Mills has put his hands on, um, Jack Antonoff is also. You cannot steal mine. Oh, sorry. Well, you, I introduced you, you to him. So. You let me go first. Um, so yeah, so that so for me, it's it's a lot of a lot of different things, and then also playing as often as I do with other bands, I'm consistently learning something for somebody. Uh, which is also great because then you end up, you know, finding something that you didn't even know existed. Um, and and just the, here in Richmond, there are so many genres and so many different bands in each genre. I, I just can't believe I've been doing this a year. And now that venues are opening and I'm seeing their who's coming, mm-hmm. I'm like, I've never even they haven't even been on Shaco yet. You know, and I don't I don't mean that in a, you know, hey, we know everybody kind of way. <laughs> right. But I would have. Th- yeah. I mean, after a year, that's 52 bands. So it's 52 bands in a year. And then everyone who has submitted and we've seen out and I just think, gosh, I haven't scratched the surface. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's it's um, the really great thing about the city when it was wide open was that you could go out every night of the week and see somebody new or something completely different and legitimately talented too mm-hmm. yes and it's not like you're just there because you want to be out seeing music like you there's a legitimate reason to be there because it's really good mm-hmm. yeah I, i've always thought that like richmond's on the brink of cracking wide open in terms of being a music hub i i think it's just it's just brimming it's about to like burst there's so much talent here and um hopefully post covid you know we get more and more venues opening back up and or new venues even um, so that more and more bands can can play and get back on the schedule. We've had a couple of guests say that when I've asked them, what do you think of the Richmond music scene? They'll say, I wish we were taken more seriously. I wish mm-hmm. we were one of those, quote unquote, legitimate, you know, music cities. Um, and I think you're right. I think we're getting there. Part of me it makes me nervous because I like how manageable the city is at the moment, just with traffic and expenses and things mm-hmm. like that. So part of me just wants to keep us a secret and stay in our little bubble. But then, of course, with the talent that's here, any um, chance for them to be exposed um, in an above board way uh, is, is, I think, beneficial. Right. So, yeah. Chip, what was the first piece of music you owned as a kid? Uh, the first, wow, first album I ever bought. I remember I got a gift card to go get some, and I think the first like CD I ever purchased was "In Your Honor" by the Foo Fighters. Good one. Yeah, which is a it's a great double album. One side fully acoustic. Uh, I think for the longest time I never listened to the acoustic side. I was very much into the the hard rocking like <laughs> A side, and then eventually as I got older, it was like, oh, this is the acoustic record might even be better than the electric side of it, which is saying something because both of them are, are really really great talk, talk about talent and for you miss tyler uh i believe it was baby one more time britney spears Ooh. hashtag free britney mm-hmm. um 
yeah, I, I remember I had that CD and I think I, I played it so much that it was like unplayable. I was the biggest Britney fan. I, I dressed up as her uh, for like my, my second grade Halloween class party, which was, I was wearing the, um, you know, the, the like leather red suit from the oh. oops i did it again video like not appropriate I, I for a, a second thinking. grader i don't know what she was thinking either um but let me get this costume and wear it i was the biggest britney spears fan yeah <laughs> we would play like we would play like britney spears on the playground on like a tree stump and i would be britney and lip, yeah lip syncing and oh no just full fully singing okay <laughs> i i really thought i knew all the words to her songs and and I thought I knew what they all meant, and I definitely did not. One of Chip's favorites is like the song "Lucky." The lyrics are, "Why do these tears come at night?" And for some reason, as a kid, I would sing, "Why do these men come at night?" Oh. <laughs> In my head, it made sense. I mean, it kind of still does. It kind of could have. It could have been those lyrics. I, I was just rewriting it. There yes. is a song by Duran Duran called Wild Boys, mm-hmm. and the line is actually, Wild Boys Wonder Where is Glory. Like, uh-huh. And when I was little, I thought it was Wild Boys Underwear, underwear. is Glowing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and of course, singing it at the top of my lungs yeah. throughout the house. Yeah. <laughs> Not even caring if it made any sense whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> misheard lyrics are kind mm-hmm. of the best. Yeah. <laughs> what is going to define success for you guys? Ooh, what um, is what is the goal of Tyler Meacham? Yeah, I, I I have this like I talk about this a lot. Um, I have this vision for for like my music and and this project, and and it's like this very vague vision, and it's something that I, I really want, and it's just the idea of being in a room, not too big, not too small, um, on stage headlining a show, and the room being filled with people that are really happy to be there and that know the music and are feeling something through it. And I don't have any of these crazy, you know, goals of playing stadiums or anything like that. It's just it's just that simple thing of like wanting to bring people together through through songs that they feel um, seen, I guess, with or through. I don't know. It's it's a weird thing thing, I guess. But it's so sincere. That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, there are plenty of people who want world domination or they think <laughs> or they think the bigger, the better. Sure. But I love that you're focusing on the connection and how it reaches people. And, yeah. And that that relationship that you establish with the audience. Right. Yeah. No, that's that's how I how I view it. Um, obviously, as as an artist from the business side of things, you want to be able to be financially stable making your art. And and I think that's just baseline, just a smart way to go about things. Um, but on the more. Um, I guess loftier uh, visionary side of things it's it's that kind of broad dream I guess I think that's a good yeah. a good thing to shoot for yeah it's incredible I forgot to ask about your writing process are you the sit down every day and make space for it or are you <laughs> hey when the moon chip is shaking his head fervently over here yeah. <laughs> Tyler tell me about your writing style actually chip tell me about <laughs> Tyler's writing style um, Tyler Tyler's writing style is um it's really unique in that for someone who writes such great songs and great melodies, it is very much a long, it can be a long process or it can be the shortest process ever, but it's never the same. And like the outcomes are the same, but how she gets there, it's, it is very different. There's usually, there can be a, a ton of voice memos in the phone. There can be a lot of time spent at a guitar or piano or sometimes it can all just come out at once, 
or one part of a song comes out and then weeks later the other part whatever connects the dots will come out but it's definitely not a, i'm gonna sit down every day and write and work on this music um that that definitely is not how it goes down yeah i have a <laughs> i have a frustrating relationship with music that borderlines on spiritual that's that's kind of how i think about it is that um i don't always know what i'm writing about um and oftentimes it has a lot to do with me and what i'm going through but then at the end of the the road like at the end of the writing process it had nothing to do with what i initially sat down to write about and so i'm you know i'm not like a outwardly religious person but i do feel that music and creativity is kind of like a, a vessel for something bigger crazier weirder going on and i'm really open to that and so i kind of it, it is this like frustrating thing where i want to write music and i want to do it all the time and and the feeling is wonderful when a song comes together but it is it's rare and it's fleeting and the time in between can be really frustrating that's really neat to hear yeah that you described so that yeah yeah you described that really well well, yeah. and, I know you kind of. Well, yeah, we we've, we live together and <laughs> stuff. <laughs> and we I ha- had failed to do this in the beginning, but let's play a little snippet. We're going to play No Running Away, just so people can get an idea of your sound. Back in the shadows My trust was so hard earned How did I make it to you? No running away I know the one that caught me uh, the most the last time you guys played was Say Yes. Mm -hmm. And when it was the following weekend or a couple of weeks later, I went down to the Outer Banks with friends and I had you on Spotify and I played it. And every person in the house from different parts of the house came up and said, wait, I know this. Wait, I know this. Because it's when you have that that sound that I love being able to say it already sounds like established and like it exists, not like it sounds like someone else or it sounds so similar to someone else that it, it sounds like you've copied. It just sounds like it's always been there and it's amazing and it's established. It's really cool. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. And Chip, you produced this one? Uh, I think we were saying it was a co-produced project. Yeah, yeah. This this record that's coming out, there's like a very um, specific A and B side and, and No Running Away falls on the side that's a little bit more electronic. Synth, I was going to say, I can You know, hear. that kind of thing. Um, so we definitely collaborated on this one and... Um, yeah, a lot of the sound of that track really comes from bass world. Um, Chip, like, pretty much wrote the hook of of the song on bass, and it's this, like, really epic, very synthy, dirty bass that plays in the chorus. Um, yeah, it, it definitely falls in line with, with Say Yes. It's, like, a very similar sound and, and kind of like what I want to like, keep working towards, I guess, musically. It's a great sound. It's a really good sound. Do either of you two or anyone in the band have wonky or unique hobbies that they bring 
to the table or keeps them interesting or keeps them stimulated when they're not making music? Mm. Nobody's on a bird scooter, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> Stay off of those. Um, yeah, everyone's got something. I mean, Chip and Nate are both like just the biggest gear nerds you could find <laughs> and they will spend hours and hours and hours talking about it. Um, you know, I'm sure we know that Colleen is, is, a, is a coffee connoisseur yes um i i know that matthew is that way too too. matthew Um, was a guest on my podcast spying on humanity and they did this i did this great episode about touring musicians and sort of the spectrum between people piled into a little minivan versus having a tour bus Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and of course matthew was talking about being on this luxury bus and having his a rig and his b rig for his coffee sets and he's got the pelican cases and so when i met colleen and when we did her interview hers was coffee and cocktails really nice cocktails as well drink with lean on youtube great youtube channel <laughs> definitely subscribe to it i need to watch it please again. do it is so entertaining yes um and then my thing is probably playing playing fortnite which is like oh. an 11 year old game but i'm you know 27 wow. and i i find great joy in it and i yeah i outed myself just you, now you just did i, I, I didn't knew it was see coming. that coming i i wasn't I, gonna, gonna say gonna, it no. no it's calming tyler's strangely good at it since, I mean, not strange. Since day one, that, <laughs> what it, that's what's strange about it. I feel like you won within like the first week, and we told people about this, and they were like, "I've been playing forever. I've never won a game." And Tyler, it's like if I don't win like once a week, then there's something wrong. I'm having a bad Fortnite day, um, which is this is all true. <laughs> this is not. He's not exaggerating. No, um, it's, it's. And you'll never find me on there. It's so funny. It it really because it <laughs> there was one Christmas where we were we were spending it with Tyler's family and her cousin Grayson got all the V bucks and things for for Christmas and Tyler's like that's so ridiculous why would you waste a Christmas on that and I'm pretty sure every time since like every major holiday where gift giving is part of the deal I've gotten you V bucks since your right. birthday okay, so now Christmas. I'm now I'm embarrassed <laughs> and she uses them so uh, yeah what's your favorite world. On Fortnite, mm-hmm. oh, I, the first one that I played was the um, the Marvel. It was like it was like a Marvel themed. There were all, there was like Iron Man was there, and you could yeah, that was the most fun for me, I think, and I missed that a little bit. Yeah, I'm nostalgic about my early Fortnite days. <laughs> she she did just give sort of a chin up head nod about it. Yeah. <laughs> so you are going to be with us on Tuesday, July 27th at 8:30 p.m. and then two nights later you're going to be at Hardywood on July 29th. Have you played that venue before inside? Not as not as of late, but we we prior to COVID we played it a mm-hmm. handful of times in various mm-hmm. projects and we're stoked. We're going to have the Wimps with us. Okay. Um at the show and if you haven't checked the Wimps out, they've been around in Richmond for for longer than I have and they're awesome. So It'll be a great show. Incredible. So everybody visit hardywood.com to get your tickets. And then where can people go for more information on you? TylerMeacham.com is probably the best place. And you can find me on all the socials at TyMeach, T-Y-M-E-A-C-H. And Chip is Chip Hale on bass. Yeah, for all the nerd content. It's who he is and it's what he does. Exactly. (laughs) Well, it was nice to finally sit down with you guys at last and get to know you and chit chat. Likewise. Likewise. Yeah, it was great. Appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to us for the podcast on all the usual suspects. And of course, be sure to tune in every Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. YouTube, Facebook, Twitch for Shaco Sessions Live. That's a wrap.